everybody. Welcome back to yet another episode of Oh Shoot. I'm your host, Cassidy Lynn, and thank you guys so much for being here, for listening. Oh my gosh, what is happening to my voice? (laughs) I'm so sorry. So yes, thank you guys for being here. Um, If you didn't know, hello, I'm Cassidy. Um, This is not your average photography podcast, and I'm going to tell you why, because we have no limits here. We don't talk about the typical thing here. Like, I feel like a lot of photography podcasts talk about the same thing, and while we do talk about some cliche things sometimes, um, yeah, this podcast is a little different. Sometimes we do confessions. Sometimes we just talk about things that normally you might not hear. So yeah. Anyway, today's episode is going to be about overshooting. And if you guys follow me on Instagram, you might know that overshooting is something that I you know, I'm not even going to lie. It's something that I deal with a lot and something that I'm currently working through because I, (laughs) I take a lot of photos. Like I'm not even going to lie to you guys. I take a lot of photos. So we're going to talk about overshooting today and we're just going to, we're going to talk about it because I feel like this is a topic that a lot of people face. And if you aren't necessarily someone that struggles with overshooting, you might struggle with just like the concept of it too. So that's why I want to talk about it because I feel like it's very relatable and it's just something that a lot of us deal with. Um, so besides that, I wanted to give you guys a few life updates. So the first thing is my email templates launched on Friday. So that would be like three days ago. I have been working on these email templates for a while, but I didn't realize that I was going to put them in my shop. I literally have been working on them just for like me personally, because I feel like having an email template for every situation is really helpful. And then I was like, wait, I just want to put these in my shop. So if like anyone else wants email templates, but doesn't want to go through writing them, I wanted to just like make email templates basically. So these email templates are templates that I use. They're literally like mine for my everyday process of working with my clients. And I just put them out there for you guys if you want them. So yes, they just launched on Friday. I'm very excited for that. And it's kind of, honestly, it's kind of been like a soft launch. It hasn't been like this huge thing. And I don't know, I'm kind of down for like this soft launch life. I, I think that's kind of like the way that I'm feeling about some products. Like I feel like email templates are not like revolutionary. They're definitely helpful, but it's not like this huge launch. So that's why I'm not like making it a gigantic deal. Um, something else that I'm doing this week, actually tomorrow, like by the time this comes out, it'll already have happened. But like when I'm recording this, it's happening tomorrow. I'm doing a like photography industry, wedding industry, meetup thing I think it like it's for anybody in honestly it's for anybody but like I think a lot of people attending are photographers it's me um Nathan Chansky and Ashton Brooke we're doing like 
a little meetup where everyone is going over to Ashton's house and we're just like having food and talking and yeah, it's just like very, very chill. I think Ashton's going to set up like her photo booth and stuff, but I'm excited for that. That's going to be tomorrow. And like I said, it's going to already like have happened by the time this comes out. But I think like the reason that I really wanted to do something like this is because I think in-person community and just like having photographer friends is so important. It's, it's not just important. It's crucial to making sure that you mentally are able to like get through the photography industry. Cause I think the photography industry is very, it's not like the nicest place to be. Like we've all encountered rude photographers before. So I think if you're able to get friends that also do what you do, I think that's a really key aspect of just like having a good experience as a photographer and honestly like enjoying your career. Like I think even if you don't do photography full time, having those people that kind of understand what you go through and the difficulties you have, that is so key. I mean, that's why like you'll see celebrities are usually just friends with other celebrities because it's like they understand what they're going through. <clears throat> I'm sorry, my voice is like, <laughs> is going today. Um, you know, and that's like the case for, I feel like a lot of industries like nurses. I feel like a lot of nurses are friends with other nurses because, you know, they work with each other every day. You, you know, they can, I don't know if they like refer each other to one another, one another, probably not. But like as photographers, we can like, refer clients to each other. And I just feel like overall, it's just really good to have photographer friends. So that's kind of like why I wanted to do this meetup, just to literally become friends with people and meet new people and just like create community in person. I think I've created this community through this podcast, which I'm really grateful for, and like Instagram and like my social media channels. But I haven't done like a lot of in-person stuff. And I think that that's really important. So um, yeah, that's tomorrow. I'm really excited. I can let you guys know how it goes. Um, also, a fun little side note. We had the confessions episode that I put out two weeks ago. Literally, I swear, you guys are crazy. Like you guys love those episodes so much. Like it, I just, it keeps getting shared. Like it is just like, it's just so funny to me because like I put in all these, all this work with like these super well thought out interviews and like these episodes that I do by myself. And like the ones that you guys love are like the juicy ones where we're talking about like horrible, <laughs> horrible things that have happened. Um, so yeah, I just think that's like a really funny thing. I don't, I don't know how that came up. Anywho, the last thing that I wanted to say before we get into the topic of today's episode, um, I have been working with a lot of brands recently and it's actually been really fun. Um, and I kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit on the podcast today because, um, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people talk about what it's like working with brands. Um, especially for me, cause I'm in a little bit of a different situation where I do photography, but I also do some like influencer stuff too. So, um, yeah, working with brands is definitely interesting. Um, it's super fun because you get to create content for them, which is just like overall, that's just fun. Like that's what I like to do anyway. I like to create content. Um, but I've learned that 
it's really important one to just like know your value. Um, a lot of brands, not the ones that I work with, but like brands that I get approached by, um, they just, I don't know. They like lowball me. And I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it's really important to know your worth and like, don't settle for anything less because you know, like what your audience is like, you know, what brands would benefit from doing a partnership with you. And like, they know that too. So like stand your ground and like, don't let brands walk all over you. And I think like when you have a really good experience with a brand, that's going to set the bar for like all the other brands you work with. Um, I also think something else that's like a little bit difficult about the process of working with brands is the process of like, going back and forth about like revisions and like the process of actually creating the content. Cause like a lot of times people will want a reel, but I make all my reels and TikToks. Like I'll put, I'll make the reel and TikTok, but sometimes you can't edit certain things. So like re-recording can be difficult because like (laughs) if you re-record something, but you're in like a different outfit, like you can't re-record a talking video unless it's like the same day. Like you can't, I really have a hard time redoing my hair and my makeup to look the exact same. So that's something that I found to be challenging is like the back and forth of like, Hey, can you change this? Can you change this? Because it's like, I can't actually change just that one part of the video. I have to redo the whole video. So I think something that I've learned is like sending scripts over to people and being like, do these words look okay? Cause once I record it, like I want to make sure I don't have to re-record it. So it doesn't like take me a ton of time. Anyway, so those are kind of the things that's going on in my life as a photographer. Oh my gosh, last thing. Um, I literally just leaned forward to say this. I was, I met with one of my friends, Tylee, yesterday for coffee. And we were just talking about like weddings and stuff. And she was like, I feel like you have shot a lot of weddings this year. Like, it just seems like you've shot a lot. How many have you shot? I was like, oh maybe like 19 or 20, like literally not a ton. Like I've definitely done more in the past. Like I'm pretty sure it was, it's only like, I have like 19 weddings booked and she was like, you should just go and count. Cause it just seems like you shoot a lot more. I went and counted. I booked 27 weddings this year and I'm not, I'm not here trying to be like complaining about booking because it's a blessing that I'm even able to book that many. But like literally I had my cap set at 20 weddings this year. I have no idea how that happened. Um, Like literally I have zero clue how seven weddings got through the cracks and I was able to book them. I have two weddings that I know like firsthand I booked that are like they were family or friends weddings that they booked like, you know, three or four months in advance. So it really was like last minute. Like I just had the date open So I think that was just like a coincidence. So that's two weddings, but I don't know how literally five weddings got through the cracks. I think I just have a really hard time saying no. Um, And I'm sure a lot of you listening feel like that too. When When you say no to something, I feel like I am just, I get fearful that in saying no, I'm not gonna fill that spot. So like, for example, if I have a really awesome inquiry for like August, like a really popular Saturday in August, 
Um, but I just, I don't know, maybe I don't like the venue or like, I don't feel like it matches my style. I have a really hard time saying no to something like that because I'm like, I have no guarantees that someone else is going to reach out and want to book that date. So I might literally be saying no to just like money. And like, that would be very stupid of me. So that's kind of like how I feel when I'm in like the back and forth process with someone that wants to book with me, because I'm like, what if I don't get anyone else that reaches out about this date? Um, that has proven to not really be true though for me because I, I book, like I usually have all my weekends booked, but it's like, like you just don't know if something better is coming. Um, like a really awesome travel elopement or whatever. Like you just don't know. So that's why I have a hard time saying no, because I'm like, I just don't, I have no idea if I'm going to be able to fill this spot. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I've been feeling about that. And I need to be really, really intentional about next year, counting my weddings and making sure that I'm not like overdoing it because I can feel it this year that I'm just like tired and like I'm in October. I've had a wedding every single weekend since the end of July. Like I just want, I just want a Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Like I just want a Saturday where I wake up and I know all day I have nothing to do. Like that's all that I desire. So yeah, anyway, I'll shut up about it, but just want you guys to know, like we are over here persevering, but it is hard. Okay. So let's talk about the topic for today's episode, which is overshooting. Yay. We love overshooting quite literally. I, yeah, it's bad. So what is overshooting? Let's just start by defining the terms. I feel like this is like the, this is the outline for like every single one of my episodes is like, stop. (laughs) Do you guys hear this? My voice is like not working right now. (laughs) We have to start by defining the terms. I feel like that's every single like science project you do, like every single school assignment is like, let's define it. So what is overshooting? Overshooting is taking too many photos at a shoot or a wedding, whatever it is that you're shooting. It is taking way too many photos. Um, And I think overshooting looks different for everyone. Um, But I find that when my camera is on like, high continuous shutter where I literally can take like 30 photos in two seconds. That is where the overshooting happens. Um, and it's different for everyone number wise. Um, just my opinion though, I think that taking over like six or 700 photos for like an hour and a half long shoot I think that that is almost overshooting. Um, So for me, I would say at like an engagement session, which is two outfits, two locations, an hour and a half of shooting for me, I end up usually with a thousand photos. I want that number to be around 600. Um, And 
I, I usually deliver around a hundred photos from a session. I want to get that number down to like 75 or like 80, but for me, that's what I find is overshooting for like a wedding. Um, it, it depends because sometimes I have a second shooter. Sometimes, um, it's six hours. Sometimes it's 10 hours. Um, let's say for like my basic eight hour wedding with no second shooter, um, overshooting to me would be taking mm, 4,000 photos. That seems like a lot. Um, but if I have a second shooter, I would say like having five or 6,000 photos would probably be overshooting. Obviously, like it depends on like how long you're there and how long you're shooting. But that averages out to like, mm, what would we say? Like, about 800 photos an hour. And I think something that really put it into perspective for me, um, this past couple of weekends, I had a shoot where Charlie wasn't shooting with me and I had hired a second shooter and she gave me like the, like she was so precise about the photos that she took. I think she only gave me like, 600 maybe 800 photos for the whole day but I just found that like her photos were very well thought out and they she was very specific about the timing of her shutter and when she was taking a photo and what she was taking a photo of it wasn't like she was just taking a photo of anything and everything and I feel like that really put it into perspective for me because I was like when I'm going through her photos not only it is it very clear she was intentional while she was shooting? But also when I'm sorting through her photos, I rarely have to get rid of a photo because it's like almost every single shot is like exactly what she wanted it to be. Um, so that's an interesting thought process, an interesting concept because it's like not only does overshooting like suck in the moment because you feel like you have to overshoot so you don't miss anything but then when you're sorting through the photos it takes you so much longer to sort through 6,000 photos versus like 2,000 like that is a significant like significant time difference um I also want to talk about over delivering as well because not only do we overshoot but then as a result of overshooting we over deliver right so when you over deliver, you are delivering multiple photos that probably look the same. And personally, if I were a client, I would not want multiple photos of like the exact pose or moment, just like a little bit different. Um, so for example, let's say you're shooting a wedding and the couple kisses and then they walk back up the the aisle towards you, right? So I think that's called the pro processional. Um, when that happens, you, you know, obviously are taking a bunch of photos because you want to make sure you're getting like the moment. Um, but then when you go to sort through the photos, you pick like 20 photos, right? And you're like, well, I, I got them at the front of the aisle. And then I got them from my second shooter's angle at the front of the aisle. And then I got them when they took a step. And then I got them when they took another step and then they looked off to the side. Oh, that's a different photo. I'm going to include that too. Like we get into this mindset of like 
there is a minor, minor shift in what happened in the image. Therefore, I need to deliver both images because I don't know what my client's going to like. Um, but at the end of the day, if you get in that mindset, you literally are going to do that for every single part of every single day for every single session. And you're going to end up delivering like 300 photos, even though you told them they were going to get 50. Um, and over delivering is essentially like, it's kind of giving yourself an excuse to not make a decision, <laughs> like truthfully. And that's a really hard thing for me to say because I'm really bad at making decisions sometimes. So I think I really, really see that in my overshooting and over delivering tendencies is I have a hard time making a strong decision. Therefore, I don't make the decision and I just deliver both photos. And part of being like an artist, and I think being a really strong artist is being able to say, this photo speaks to me more than this photo. I'm going to get rid of this one photo. So that doesn't distract from the fact that I have this one really great image. Um, just imagine if like there were multiple Mona Lisa's, but it was just like the background was a little different or like her expression changed a little bit. I think what really speaks to us about the Mona Lisa is the fact that there's one piece of art like it and it really just, it speaks to us like her expression. Like, is she smiling? Why is she sad? Like, like there's so much to read into that one piece of art. If there were two Mona Lisa's, I guarantee you the Mona Lisa would not be as popular. Um, and I know like that's a very drastic example, but that's actually, this is actually the situation that we're dealing with here. Like you are an artist and you are delivering images and you are essentially kind of, you're belittling and making your images less important by delivering multiple of them. And that's something that I've actually noticed like within my own galleries that I deliver. Like when I deliver them, I'm like, I guarantee you my couple has, picks like maybe a hundred of their favorites and downloads them. I can almost guarantee that like, okay, maybe they download all of them, but of the photos they actually use, like maybe a hundred of them at the most. And I, that, that's how it is with my own wedding gallery too. I pick, I picked like my favorite walking down the aisle photo. I picked my favorite couple of like bridal portraits, a few of my favorites from the reception. And honestly, the rest of them, I'll like look back on them, but they, they're not the ones I actually use and like want. And I think that's actually like a really, that's a really big point of this whole episode is just thinking from the client's perspective. Think about the fact that it's probably so overwhelming to get a gallery that's like 3000 edited images and you don't even know where to start. Like it is like every detail is captured. There's like, you have to scroll like a full page to get to the next pose. Like you should be delivering emotion and a really strong gallery versus a gallery that feels overwhelming and just not well thought through. I don't know. Th th that's just kind of my thoughts on over delivering. 
So let's talk about some of the pros and cons of overshooting and over-delivering, okay? Because I've thought really hard about this, long and hard. Um, I, while I do think that overshooting is a habit, I do think it's also an active choice that we can decide to do or not to do. And most of the times we opt to doing it. So the pros of overshooting, a very obvious answer you never miss a thing. <laughs> Great. We we know this. We know that you are taking 8,000 photos at a wedding day, but you are not missing a single thing that's happening. So good for you. Okay. We're just going to say straight up, that is a very big pro of overshooting. Um, some of you might feel like it is worth it for me to it's, it's worth it for me. Sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought. It's worth it for me to have two hours extra of sorting time if it guarantees that I didn't miss a moment that I would have otherwise missed. Okay. So for some of you, that's like a no brainer. I'm going to overshoot because it guarantees I doesn't, I don't miss anything. Sure. It costs me extra time in the long run, but what matters to me is that I don't miss a thing. Um, if you aren't an overshooter, though, I'm not saying that you miss things because you probably don't. But there is a chance that if you're not holding the shutter down for like five seconds straight, that you might miss something. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Another pro, you will have plenty of options to choose from when you are sorting through your photos. So like, for example, if someone blinks or... I don't know, like someone makes like a weird face. You probably have multiple options to choose from, which is great. That's like a really awesome part of overshooting is just the options you have. Like you can be really specific about facial expression, pose, angle. Um, you can even like have extras for black and whites. Like it's nice to have extra photos, okay? I want you to know that's the end of my list of pros. I really sat here and was trying to think of other pros to overshooting, but I literally could not think of any other pros, like besides those two things, like you don't miss a thing and like you have a lot of options. So then let's talk about the cons, okay? Because it's inevitable. We have to talk about cons. We have to be practical here. I want you to know this list is much longer, okay? We are dealing with a longer list of cons, and if you've ever been in middle school and you've made a list of pros and cons, like if the cons list is bigger, you know what that means. Okay. We know what it means. So the first con of overshooting, it hurts your shutter count. This is a very, very real thing. As much as we like to think that our cameras are indestructible, they are not. And they have a limit to how hard they can work and how long they will last. Um, I don't necessarily know exactly if reaching a certain shutter count is like detrimental to like killing the health of your camera. I don't know if it's like how miles are on a car where it's like, Oh, I've driven 300,000 miles. My car is probably going to die soon. I don't know if it's like that with shutter count. If it's like, Oh, I've taken 300,000 photos. My camera might die soon. I don't know if there's correlation like that, but I do know that shutter count is a real thing. And I personally have had a camera give out on me before because my shutter count 
was extremely high. There was nothing wrong with the camera other than the fact that it just was used a lot and it just died. Okay. So that's one, one con. Second con, pretty obvious. It makes your culling process longer. So the process of you sorting through your images, it's going to be much longer if you have 6,000 photos from a wedding versus 2,000 or 1,000 photos at a session versus 500. Like it just makes your process longer regardless. Okay. That's just, that's also a given. I feel like we all know that. It makes editing longer as well because I do feel like when you overshoot, you also probably over deliver and over pick, um, over call. Like you are picking too many photos and therefore it makes editing longer as well. Um, another con of overshooting, it makes it so much harder to pick photos. Like literally, I don't know if you guys have seen like reels of people saying this of like photographers going back and forth between two basically identical photos and they don't know which one to pick. This has been me so many times. Thankfully, I'm pretty sure I've moved past this. Like I have overcome this part of my career where I like go back and forth between two of the same photos. But overall, I think this is something that a lot of overshooters deal with. I just realized I have this like light in my office and I haven't had it on this whole time for my YouTube video. And it was like so dark in my face and I literally have a light right next to me. So I just had to turn that light on real quick. Um, okay. Back to the cons of overshooting. It makes it harder to pick photos. It also takes up more memory space. Like who are we kidding here? Memory space and like gigabytes. Like this is a real thing when it comes to shooting in SD cards. Um, I find that the more often I'm switching my SD cards on a wedding day, it's just like way more hectic. Um, and especially if you're shooting in raw, if you take 6,000 raw photos, that is a lot of space. That's like probably over 200 gigs of storage. And you have to store those photos somewhere. And if you're like a normal photographer, I feel like most photographers have two terabyte hard drives. If you do that three weekends in a row, that's what, 600 gigs? I'm pretty sure a two terabyte hard drive, what is that, a thousand gigs or 2000 gigs? You're going to fill up your hard drives fast, okay? And that's expensive. And you're going to have to have more SD cards around because you are filling up your cards very, very, very quickly. So that is a huge con of overshooting for sure. The more cards you have to buy, the bigger the cards, the more expensive they are. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I don't have cards bigger than 64 gigs. I have a 32 gigabyte and then I have my 64 gigs. Um, but I don't have a 128 because I do not even want to give myself the option to shoot 128 gigs. I just know myself and I, if I have the space in my card, I'm going to use it. So that's just kind of like my mindset when it comes to buying SD cards. Um, another con of overshooting is it takes up and uses up more of your battery life. Um, so a prime example of this is on a wedding day, me and Charlie, like around dinner time, we'll both look at our battery life. I will be at like 15% battery left and Charlie will be at like 50% left because he doesn't shoot as much as me on a wedding day. Therefore his battery lasts longer. Um, not saying this is a huge thing because you literally can just go 
swap out your SD card and like that is it or not your SD card. Sorry. You can just go and swap out your battery and really that solves the problem. So it's not like a huge thing, but if you're shooting for a very long period of time, that can be a little inconvenient. Okay. Um, the last con of overshooting, and this is going to sound like very niche and cliche, but I actually like genuinely mean this. It makes shooting on film much harder. Like that is just the reality of the situation. If you are so used to overshooting and like just taking up so much space and taking so many photos, when you shoot on film, it is going to be so much harder for you to make the decision of when to take a photo. And I'm not saying like everyone shoots on film because some people don't and that's fine. You might not ever run into this issue, but I find that I have a harder time shooting on film because it's harder for me to make the decision of like, when should I, when should I snap my shutter? Like I literally will have no idea. So with all of that being said, I want to take a minute and talk about something that we kind of talked about earlier, earlier, which is being very um, intentional with constructing your galleries and constructing a strong gallery. Um, I guess the reason that I feel like this is related is because like I've been saying, I think if you overshoot, you also tend to over deliver. And I just think there's something so powerful about delivering a gallery that is super strong and maybe doesn't have... 50 photos of the same pose but rather has very intentional angles of each pose every photo is different every photo in itself is like its own work of art and when you look at the gallery as a whole you just feel really moved by the intentionality of each photo and like I said when you overshoot you are very likely also to be an over deliverer I know I am I literally as I'm recording this episode, I'm uploading, <laughs> I'm literally uploading a gallery that is, <laughs> I took 7,000 photos. I delivered 1,600 of them edited. Why? I have no idea. Like, yeah. So I'm one to talk. Like I'm literally talking to myself here. Um, but I think when you over deliver, it makes your gallery viewing experience a little bit more boring and mundane and honestly just repetitive. Um, so I always try to think of like my client's experience when they're viewing a gallery and if they have three of the same exact photo and like pose with just a little minor tweak to it. And it's, it's like that for literally every single gallery. Imagine how mundane and boring that viewing experience is. It's like seeing the Mona Lisa three times in a row. It's not going to cut it. So Let's talk about, is overshooting a bad thing? Is over-delivering a bad thing? I'm going to say no, not necessarily, but I do think that overshooting and over-delivering is a little bit of a crutch. And I think that we, as photographers and artists, use over-delivering and overshooting as a safety net. It's like a, a safety method for us. And you know, it's because we're afraid of missing a moment. Maybe we're afraid of delivering a photo that the client doesn't like. So we deliver 10 of them because obviously within that 10 photo, there's got to be some angle and pose and like lighting that they perfectly love. 
Um, so I do think that we use it as a crutch, probably as people pleasers. Um, but I want you to think about the client experience and what it's like for the client to receive 10 of the same photo, but also think about what, what are the things that you are thinking as you are taking 50 photos in two seconds? What is going through your mind as you take all of those photos? And what is going through your mind as you're sorting them? Um, there are crutch like mentalities like this overshooting can be a crutch. Maybe it's not a crutch for you, but it can be. It can be like a sign of just like a really um, hard mindset to get over of like the feel, the need to please someone to the extent of I'm doing extra work and I'm delivering photos that they're, they're not even going to look at and download. Um, so is overshooting a result of insecurity? Yeah, 1000%. I think it is. Um, I, so Charlie used to be a really bad overshooter and he would basically put his camera on high continuous plus shooting and just shoot like so many photos at a wedding day. And he has really refined his process and is really particular about the shots that he takes now. Um, and I think part of the reason he did that was because he was just starting out and like felt the need to make sure he got me the shot that I needed. So he had to take, you know, so many photos. Um, and I think that's, that is a safe thing to do, but I do think it can be a result of being insecure as well. Cause I felt that too. Like if I second shoot for someone, I feel the need to take so many photos just to make sure that I am delivering what they are expecting of me and they can absolutely use what I have to offer. So I think when you overshoot, you are trying to guarantee that you have the shot that you need. I don't think you are confident enough when you overshoot, you are not confident enough in the first photo that you took. So you need to take 20 more that look exactly like that. I'm not exactly sure why that happens. Like I felt that like I take my photo and I'm like, I need to take a bunch more. And actually I, I had a session last night and I feel like last night at my session, I did so well. I took like, I think I took 500 photos total. It was like two outfits, two locations, an hour and a half. And I was finding that I would get my couple in their pose and I would take a photo or two close up. And then I would go and switch my angle, take another photo. I would take a step back and take another photo. I would switch the landscape, take another photo. But I wasn't like taking multiple photos of like that angle and that pose because I was like, I know I got the shot that I need. Um, yeah. And I think for me, I feel like I'm making progress. Um, but I, I think it's something that we all deal with. And I want to talk also about how we can fix this. Um, the overshooting mentality, the over delivering mentality. Um, one of the first things that I thought of is shooting on film. Um, shooting on film has really taught me to be super precise about the images I choose. Um, really particular about my timing. And it's made me appreciate the like the noise of taking a photo like actually I know it sounds crazy but like 
the the noise of capturing the image is like something that is to be appreciated because on film you don't get a million opportunities to take a photo you get like you you have 25 photos in a roll and that's it like you better use them wisely another thing that can help you fix overshooting and over delivering is limit limiting yourself so something that I actually did at my session last night I told myself once I hit 250 photos that I've taken, we are moving on to the next location in the next outfit. Like no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, and that's something that I had to stop and periodically check like how many photos I was at. So then I, when I wanted to put them in another pose, I wanted to make sure I had enough photos left in my mental limits. Another thing is to check on yourself while you're shooting. So just check your um, mindset, check your intentions with like, why am I taking so many photos? Um, or even just like take a break. Um, something else you can do is like switch your lenses often, which I feel like breaks up your shutter happy moments. So you don't have the opportunity to overshoot because you stopped and said, I'm going to remove myself from the situation where I feel like I'm taking too many photos. I'm going to switch my lens and then I'm going to jump back into it and come from a different perspective of a different lens, um, which honestly is just a nice thing in general for shooting is switching lenses. But it gives you a different perspective, too. Um, so you feel like, OK, I'm getting a little bit of different content, which is going to help my gallery be stronger. But maybe I can move on to a different pose now because I've exhausted it with my other lens. I'm going to move on to a different pose where I can exhaust it with this lens instead. So taking a break. Um, that is a huge thing for overshooting because um, I think overshooting comes from having those shutter happy moments of like nonstop taking pictures. I get that sh those shutter happy moments happen to me like right at the end of a wedding when they're like when they do the kiss and walk down the aisle. I am just like nonstop taking pictures, which I think is good in that scenario. But I find that once my couple like gets to the back of the um, ceremony space and like let's say they're giving hugs to their bridal party that's when I feel like I am able to take a breather I'm like okay I need to stop and not take a million photos of these moments I'm just going to get like the one or two shots that I need and then just like let my couple take it in and like let my client enjoy the moment like I'm here to document these moments but I'm not here to over document them to the point where my client feels like there's never a moment where they're not having their photo taken. Like I always have my camera ready, but like you don't want to like make it feel almost like a pressure on them by taking nonstop photos. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the day, what are, what is my end? What is my end thought on all of this? Is there a happy medium when it comes to overshooting and over delivering? Yes, there is. Um, I think that there is a point where you take not enough photos. And I think there's a point where you take too many photos. And it's different for everyone. But I think there's a happy medium with overshooting and over-delivering. Um, I think overshooting is a crutch sometimes. I think it's great in other times, like I said, at the end of like a kiss at a ceremony or something. like That's a time where you want to make sure you get the shot. Um, but over-delivering... I think it's good to over promise or under promise and over deliver. But I also think there's a point where you over deliver so much that it's not achieving what you want it to achieve. 
So when you over deliver, you are hoping like, oh, my client's going to see they got an extra 100 photos. They're going to be so excited. Um, And they're going to be so happy with the fact that like I told them they'd get 50 photos, but they're getting 150. But in reality, your client might be perceiving that as like, wow, there's way too many photos. I'm overwhelmed. I didn't need this many. I'm only going to download the 50 that I like because that's what I was expecting was 50 images. So that's kind of my wrap up thoughts on that. Let me know what you guys think about overshooting and over delivering. I'm sure there's lots of thoughts and opinions out there on this topic. Um, So if you're watching on YouTube, feel free to comment your thoughts on this um, or feel free to like mention me in your story. If you're on Instagram, like share this episode, mention me with your story on your thoughts on it. Um, Yeah, that's it, guys. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, thank you for listening to this episode and I hope you liked it. I know, honestly, like, I feel like I just kind of needed to vent all of that because that's what has been on my mind on this topic lately. Um, Make sure you rate and review this podcast. It helps me so, so much when I hear your guys' feedback and especially if it's five stars, wink, wink. I would love to hear um, your guys' thoughts on the podcast. Again, thanks for listening and I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity The wisdom rushing in So much clearer